Hello and welcome back to Green Cows Don't Fly. This is chapter 10 and I'm here in the and I'm here in the what's it called? I'm green here room. in the I'm here in the green room with B as ever. Hello B. Hi, there was a sign outside saying green room, you know. <laughs> Don't you read signs before you go you in? Remembered it? No, I can't remember things like that. I'm not about the detail. I'm about the moment. Uh, yes, I can see you don't have Victoria sponge this time. No, it's new. Well, you know, you've this, eaten it all. Yeah, I've eaten it all. I might have to go and get a little packet of cookies or something to see me through this. Yeah, we might need um, some energy to get through this. But uh, I was thinking, um, you know, we're on chapter 10 now mm -hmm. and we still haven't seen King Flodos. I mean, how evil is he really if he can't even bother turning up? He's pretty evil, isn't he? I mean, he's a kind of a part-time evil. He's probably do. He plays a lot of golf or something when he's not being evil. Maybe, you know, and he just turns up, gives people a scar for a while, then clears yeah, off again. but you'd think you would have seen it by now. You would have done. But, you see, this is AI, you see. Maybe AI is not au fait with the genre, probably. And clearly no three-act structure and that kind of thing. No, no three-act structure. <laughs> I, don't so. I don't think so. This is improv. <laughs> improv, isn't it? We're just, right. off, just off Broadway with this. So, yeah, when we left them, they just leapt, taken a leap of faith into a filing cabinet, hadn't they? As you do, yes. Green mist everywhere. We wonder, I think, still think it was an egg sandwich, you know, an old egg sandwich, one of the employees in the job centre had left. <laughs> Maybe they um, end up in King Flodars' lap. They might do. Well, yeah, it could just land straight on top of them. That'd be quite fun. Hmm. Crush him, end of book. Well, we'll find out in a minute. Brian, come on. Do the honours. Can you two actually stop talking a load of old pony, as my agents got me an audition for EastEnders this afternoon? Uh-oh, we're going to lose him to EastEnders. Not with a voice like that, we're not. He's not very um, EastEnders-ish, is No, he's very posh, isn't he? He's stuck with us. We're all he's got. Means we're stuck with him, too. Well, yeah, there, <laughs> there is that. We could do with a very good actor, a proper actor. Yes, so if you're listening, get writing to us. If you want to audition. We've got absolutely no loyalty whatsoever. Chapter 10 The Long Arm of the Law the green mist, envelops Grandolph and Bob, who immediately find there's no bottom in the filing cabinet's drawer. They're falling through time and space. The app map wasn't fibbing. They really are going through some kind of portal. Grandolph looks down past his feet. The green mist that had initially been as thick as pea and Stilton cheese soup, with an odor of smelly socks, is beginning to thin out and he starts to be able to see stuff. All around him, mysterious lands and planets are swirling past like mysterious lands and planets swirling past around him. Cows, fly past them. And so is a woman carrying a piano. I don't think the AI got the module and similes there, do you? Oh, with the lands. Yeah. Lands that swirl by. <laughs> yeah, lands swirling by like lands that were swirling by. Yeah, and don't forget the cows that flew past. Yeah. And the woman with the piano. Were they green cows, do you think? We didn't say. And what about that woman? Yeah, as you said, woman carrying a piano. 
Is she so, just in that green mist permanently, or...? She might She might be living in there. She maybe sort of plays tunes when there's nobody about. <laughs> Played again, Sam. Suddenly, he's aware of sinister faces circling menacingly and calling out his name. They're wearing long black robes and hoods. One figure, who is clearly the leader as he's wearing a sort of tiara arrangement, cries out in a fell and terrifyingly hideous voice, Grandolf Smith, come with us. For we shall take you to the, awful place. Not today, thanks very much, shouts Grandolf back, remembering his manners. The awful place? Oh, I'm really scared now. Yes, it's very scared. <laughs> Top world building there. Well, it describes what it is. It's an awful place. It does, but, you know, it's not very florid, is it? You know, no purple prose there. <laughs> no, he's very economical, isn't he? he but is, the yeah. um, the tiara arrangement yes. that's making the guy a leader. Um, yes. Isn't that more for women, tiaras? Yeah, sort of a crown or something. I think he's, he's mixed up crowns and tiaras, hasn't he? Yeah, and he gave Fabry's a comb-over, so um, he's clearly a bit confused about things. Yes, he's been looking at sort of the male, female, you know, what makes males and females and what they do, but he's got it a bit wrong, I think. Maybe he's trying to be gender-neutral by being ah, be crossed. Yes. Could be, could be. <laughs> Gender-cross. <laughs> could be. It's a whole go. He doesn't like these figures at all, and although he doesn't know exactly what or where, there awful place is, he's pretty sure he doesn't want to be taken there by this gang. Dodgy looking bastards by the look of them, he thinks. Oi, Grandolf Smith, cries their leader. You have no choice. We've been sent by King Fladas to take you to him, whereupon you will be cast into a cell, for all of eternity. His majesty has got wind of what you're up to, and he's not happy. You saving humanity messes up his plans. Grandolf shakes his head, and says, Nah, sorry, chum. No deal. Tell Fladas I'm not buying. The leader replies, You must come with us. We cannot fail in our mission. Oh yeah, replies Grandolf. If that doesn't suit, you just make me then. Grandolf sticks his middle finger up in the air. What's happened to Grandolf's manners, sticking the middle finger in the air? Yeah, not very good, but that's what happens when you're dealing with a load of yobos in a bar, isn't it? Like he is. I suppose he's learned from the, um, you know, he experiences a bar, bartender, bartender, pub owner. Yeah, he is. And also, of course, would you want to go to the awful place, let's be honest? No, that'd be awful, wouldn't it? Sounds awful. Very, very awful. The leader's face turns to thunder. OK, Smithy, says the leader clearly getting marked. You leave me no choice but to. At that moment several things happen simultaneously. The hooded figures smash into solid ground, at astronomical speed and force, each of them disintegrating into a gazillion pieces on contact. Not a pretty sight with blood and gore everywhere. Terribly nasty business it is. Whereas Grandolf is somehow suspended ever so slightly just above the ground by some kind of force field. It catches him like a safety net, before switching off, allowing him to land lightly on the ground safe and sound. Bob is there, standing unharmed beside him, right as rain too, because being a hologram, even if he had hit the deck, it wouldn't have been a problem at all. Grandolf says, phew, that was a bit hairy wasn't it Bob? Yeah, 
for you G-Man, but it's pretty much par for the course in the world of holograms. No biggie, says Bob. They're getting very colloquial there, aren't they? Sort of G-Man and that would be hairy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, uh, hey, G-Man, the G-Man, Grandolph. Yeah. It's quite interesting because Grandolph, at some point, he's very Shakespearean and mm-hmm. then he turns very colloquial and sort of streetwise. Yeah, he's... There's no consistency for a character. No, it's, no he's not... Uh, this, uh, exactly, if I could speak. <laughs> Jesus, that's terrible. He blows with the wind. He blows with the wind, yeah. That's the way he rolls. Um, as as he doesn't blow wind. No, as long as he doesn't blow wind. <laughs> or roll, roll, roll the wind. What am I talking about? I don't, I don't know. What do you ever say? Really? I don't know. I've got a clue. Let's, let's, should we, oh, this is too Yes, this let's is, go on. This is too yes. bad, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> Grandolph asks, do you know where we are, Bob? Just then, they hear a voice from behind. The voice says, allow me to fill you in. Grandolph turns to face the direction the voice has come from, and asks, who are you? I am Crazel, and we have been expecting you. I'm the emissary of the grandparent will accompany you on your journey to the planet Bognoregis, says the stranger, bowing low. The grand bear? Inquisits, Grandolph. Yes. His Excellency, the grand bear, aka, the head bear, aka, leader of creation's goodies, and the nemesis of the reprobate Flardas. They don't get on at all, I'm afraid. Chalk and cheese, cats and fish, red and green, odd, and even. Or any other opposites you may care to think of, like right thumb and left pinky finger. That's just the way it is. I'm so impressed, all these um, similes of opposites. Good, cats isn't and it? fish. Yeah. Cat, did he say cats and dogs? He didn't, didn't he? No, cats he said fish. cats and fish. Cats and fish, that's, that's very left field, cats and fish, I think. Yeah, and like right thumb and left pinky finger, like they're opposite. There's a weird logic to that. Sort of works, doesn't it? I'm finally getting a bit of movement on the story again, you know, story at last. Oh, huzzah, and somebody else has joined. It's about yeah, time. Yeah, I've turned up. starting, you get be bored of those two. Turned up in a new location, and somebody you know, has turned up. Who's going to help them? Well, we don't know that yet. He may turn out to be a mass murderer. He could Crazel. be. Yeah, he could be. Crazel could be a, an undercover agent, couldn't he? Because it sounds a bit like crazy. Crazy, crazy. Here's a thought. Could be Barbage, couldn't it? Grandolph looks at Bob and says, Do you know this guy, Bob? Yeah, sure. Crazy and I go back a heck of ways. Right to the days when I was no more than a line of machine code, Bob confirms. Crazy nods. Yes, and I'm to be your guide along with Ologia, here. Together with Bob we shall guide you on your quest to find and claim back the missing piece of the puzzle. Grandolph sees that Crazel is not alone. His companion, Ologia, is a very tall female alien dressed in some kind of shimmering armor. Oh, don't tell me he hasn't seen her already. Who? Ologia. I mean, no, I mean Grandolph that is. Oh, yes, well, he, he met, he he's met kind of her. saying he sees that Grayzel is not alone. Yeah. Well, surely he would have seen both at the same time? You would have thought so, and especially somebody wearing sort of shimmering armour might stand out from the crowd a bit. <laughs> You'd think. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, the knight in white, no, the shining knight, isn't she? Yeah, the, the knight in white. No, uh, you can't say it either. No, no. <laughs> 
Oh, that reminds me. Yeah. Somebody, um, you know, Mother Half is in a band. Yes, yes. And they had the 60s band and they had, um, oh God, what's it called? Nights in White Satin, isn't it? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. It took him years before he realised that Nights in White Satin is, um, you know, not nights. No, not one. <laughs> it's not about a transverse state then, is it? No. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's a guitar player, not a singer. So I'm a guitar player. I know all about guitar players. She bows to Grandolf. Hail, Grandolf Smith. I am Ologia. Lore expert, with particular expertise in survival techniques, she says. Grandolf kisses the back of Ologia's steel gauntleted hand. Charmed I'm sure, he says. Ologia doesn't even blush. Our journey ahead is perilous, she adds, but with me on your team, you'll neither perish, nor starve. Grandolf flicks his lips when he says, Ooh, I'm rather fond of a curry. Might you be able to manage a curry? It would be great if you could. Yes. I can distill or create sustenance from anything and everything. For example, how about a perfectly edible bread substitute, using only mud and yargle bat droppings? Or drinking water purified from three-day-old stagnant glob piss? This Elogia sounds a bit like Ray Mears or somebody like that, doesn't she? She's got quite the menu on offer. She has. Um, <laughs> do you fancy some yargle bat droppings? Yeah, I do. I've got, I've got some in my store cupboard, actually. And... Uh, a bit of glob piss, you know. <laughs> I'll keep a couple of bottles of that handy just in case. Put an ice cube in it. Yeah, lovely. A little bit of orange on the side and sit in the sunset there. You're away, aren't you? I think you tinkered with this bit. No. Do you know why? Why? Curry. Curry, oh yeah. This, this is, yeah. Curry as well. It yeah, could be me, you, could You it? fiddled with that bit. I'm sure you did. <laughs> no, not me, Governor. No. I think he's just defined it. I think the AI's defined it somehow from some kind of little... Read your um, mind. Read my mind, exactly. Must be all that glob paste the, cat, the yeah. AI's on. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you forgetful. Grandolf doesn't like the sound of either of these but decides to keep his counsel for now. Ologia says, you can look on me as a sort of mystical Gordon Ramsay melded with Bear Grylls. Grandolf's stomach rumbles. Could you rustle us something out of these leaves? I'm starving, he says, handing her some leaves he's just stripped off a medium-sized twiglet. Of course, Earthling, Ologia says. Their exchange is interrupted by the sound of a police siren in the distance drawing nearer. Hark, says Crazel. What's that? A sound I do not recognize. Grandolf says, sounds like the old Bill. The old, who? Asks Kazel but before Grandolf can elaborate further, there is a squeal of tires and screech of brakes. Next, a police squad car skids sideways into the glade, with its blue flashing lights flashing blue. Do you think the blue lights are flashing blue? They're not flashing red by chance. No, definitely flashing blue, and that's very well observed. Has to be blue. Blue lights, flashing blue. Flash blue. Yeah. This is very um, professionals, isn't it? That that the um, yeah. that entrance, that sort of squeal and then jump uh, out. That's exactly what I was thinking. I thought Bodie and Doyle going to leap out of there and get a, lean across the door and assume the position with a gun or something like that. <laughs> with the funny hair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were lovely and they knew it. 
the siren stops, the doors are thrown wide open and out steps fake Fabrice. OMG the fake Fabrice. Grandolf assumes it's the fake one, Barbage the third, but who knows, it could be anyone. Anyway, whoever it is, she's flanked by two burly police officers and both of them have guns pointing at Grandolf's head already. Freeze, Smith, you piece of filth, says one of the cops. Hello, we've ended up in lock, stock and two smoking barrels now. Maybe we could get um, Guy Ritchie to... Um yeah, direct. Read. Read, yeah. <laughs> direct. Yeah. Or it's, read. All, it's all gone a bit sort of, you know, B, B gangster movie, hasn't it? You piece of filth. Filth. What freeze you, you scum. Freeze you scum. Don't move or I'll plug you right where you're standing, says the other one. There's been a murder in your drinker, my son, and we think you know Samink. Grandolf frowns. Hey, Brian, I hope you're taking notes on all of this. This come in handy for your audition this afternoon. <laughs> Get into character for EastEnders. This is the stuff, mate. You give them some of this. We could be, uh, we could see you in the Queen Vic before too long. Yeah, that means we lose him. Yeah, we'll but Stop paying him. Well, yeah, OK. What do you mean, OK? I'm not paying him. No. <laughs> <laughs> OK, never get it. <laughs> Ring up EastEnders. Don't cast Brian. Yeah. Brian Pomeroy. I wonder what his surname is. We never discovered what his, what his surname is. It'd be something rather grand, wouldn't it? Brian Devere Winthrop. Something Shakespearean. Brian Macbeth. Brian Macbeth, yeah. Don't mention oh, Macbeth. No. No. The Scottish play. Scottish. Brian the Scottishman. <laughs> Brian the Scotsman. <laughs> what am I supposed to have done? You have no jurisdiction here. So clear off. I'm about to save all of creation. But fake Fabrice says, change of plan Smith. You're coming with us, or it's curtains for you. Luckily, Crazel and Ologia pull out ray guns and point them at the cops, and Crazel says, right, copsies. You're pointing at Smith but we're pointing at you. Means you're both defenseless as far as we're concerned. So, neither of you will make it out of this glade alive. Oh says cop one. Might be something in what you say. Cop two nods. What do you mean might be? There's definitely something in it. I don't want to be vaporized Gavin. So why don't we just put our guns away and leave these people in peace? Looks like it must be the end of these boys shift anything for a quiet life. Don't want to get involved in the shootout do they? No they're just gonna go home. I think so. Wouldn't you? Yeah. I think ray guns versus Gun guns? I reckon ray guns are going to be better, aren't they? You're bound to be, but uh, at least with a, with a proper gun you've got a chance, but vaporised guns? I mean, you can't. Nasty um, way to go. Yeah, unless they do sort of vaporise just the foot. We'll just uh, have no more of that then. Yeah, we're just going home now, sir. Mind how you go. They put the guns away. Crazel lowers his ray gun slightly, but only slightly, and says, best decision you'll ever make. Just as the standoff looks to be diffusing itself, Barbage the third shape shifts into the late, great king of rock and roll, Elvis Presley. She takes to a stage which has just appeared from nowhere, and she starts to sing. It's a one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, let's go cat go. 
That's when a piercing scream of terror rends the air and stops everything clean in its tracks. The little light, which is being radiated by a pale watery sun, fails. They are now in complete and utter darkness with no sound at all, except the wind blowing through Barbage the Third's microphone. Well, there you have it, another episode. And um, that new planet they're on, or other world, seems to be a bit fragile if a bit of um, singing just kind of switches their sun off. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah a bit of rock and roll. We've never heard rock the and roll The sun bursts. <laughs> yeah, sun bursts finish, literally. Maybe Barbara, she's such a good singer, or such a bad singer. Well, she could be. It's a bit mad, though, isn't it, really? And why does she know Bar- uh, Why does she know Elvis? Watching him through a portal in the space-time continuum or something. I don't know. Yes, I suppose she's been on Earth for a little while as a dumpster, hasn't she? Yeah, she has. Yes, probably, yeah. <laughs> and she was, um, wasn't she in the car park of a pub, wasn't she? So she probably heard a lot of um, pub bands singing Elvis. Maybe popular on the jukebox. Yeah, anything Maybe. could be that. So that's that, really. And um, I think we should go home. And we should. Come back next week. Yeah. episode and hopefully we'll meet King Flores one of these days well he's still, he's still keeping himself away but at least got a nice bit of movement on the story this week I think you know we're we're rocking and rolling here quite literally literally right let's go then let's rock and roll goodbye goodbye see you next week 